Hello and welcome to the second episode of Creator Spotlight Season 3 from The Interface. Creator Spotlight is our series where we talk to creators about what they make and do and how they got started. Today I'm joined by Alex Goy. Welcome. Hi. You're right. Hi Alex. You're right. How are you doing? Uh, all good. All good. A little under the weather. So uh, apologies audience, this might have been out a little earlier, but I uh, I completely lost my voice and was mute when we were supposed to record this. <laughs> um, and I still feel like death. But otherwise good oh, it's it's too much work and definitely not too much play that's what's done it oh yeah 100 percent. yeah um so for people not too sure much about you um what's your main sort of background so obviously you're you're a motion journalist um yeah so i'm a, i make st- I, it's it's quite difficult to say exactly what i do because sometimes it, it generates more questions than it than than it then it answers but basically i make stuff about cars for people that want to pay me to do it um so some of it's editorial i do some commercial stuff i do some behind the scenes things for some people that you know you will or you might have seen but you don't know i had anything to do with it um you know that kind of thing or uh spend my day just mucking around on twitter i mean one of them is pretty good so <laughs> one of them is pretty good one is yeah. pretty good yeah, um, there's quite an interesting like. So I, for the interface, I started reviewing cars recently, um, mm. and it is quite a black box a little bit, um, and a little bit. It's like not well, kind of like for people on the outside, they're not too sure how it works. And um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's whenever I meet someone new, they go, "Oh, so what do you do?" And I say, "Well, I'm a journalist." They go, "Oh, what do you write about?" And I go, "Cars." And they go, "What?" Yeah. Okay, well, you know, what the the industry, do you do this? And well, it's, it's actually kind of you can specialize within it. So I tend to do new fast and shiny. There mm-hmm. are people that do the industry side of things. There are people that do kind of chauffeur cars. There are people that do commercial vehicles. There yeah. are motorsport because they go, "Oh, like F1." You go, "No, I actually can't stand F1. I find it incredibly boring." There's a whole <laughs> different industry. There's motorsport oh, yeah. journalism that does that. And they go, so how do you review cars? Do you go to dealers? No, I ring up press offices and they have fleets specifically for idiots like us and for marketing reasons and for, you know, putting on telly shows and all that. So, you know, I, I ring, if I have a reason to book in a car, I'll call them. And then a few weeks later, a car will appear. Now, like, what? I, was like, I know it's really weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really strange job. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, I'm very lucky to be able to do it, but it is weird. Yeah, it is. It is. I agreed. Um, how did you get your start into doing it from a very right. like yeah it's it's it, it's kind of a it's kind of a hot topic for me at the moment um mm-hmm. in the fact that automotive journalism is kind of hard to get into um so i did it uh so i i graduated in 2008 which makes me feel quite old yes you're you're, you're looking like you you're, you're actually picturing what year at school you were in and you probably were in primary school still weren't you He's Roughly. nodding. Yeah. He's nodding. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I graduated in 2008, um, which you probably won't remember, but some of the listeners might remember, is when all the money fell off. It was um, the global recession kicked off in, in 2008, so the, the, the biggest thing since Black Wednesday in 1992. Um, I remember it quite keenly. I was in the States after on a post-uni like road trip with some friends, and we were all in LA, and one night we had loads of money, and the next night we had none. Mm. Um, just our currency just became worthless overnight it was it was quite incredible um and um i'd realized halfway through my degree i did a pr degree um kind of of a drunken whim 
long story, but yeah, ended up doing a PR degree and realizing I didn't like it. I wasn't very good at PR. I didn't particularly want to want to do it, but the degree had its interesting points and it got me into places that I wanted to be in. So we uh, did that. Um, but yeah, so the, the plan was leave university, um, get some work experience at a magazine, then uh, be brilliant, uh, become the next Clarkson and retire at 50. Like that, <laughs> that was the plan. Um, what happened was the entire universe lost all its money. Um, there were huge redundancies and layoffs at magazines. Loads of people who weren't freelance were then freelance, but they still needed people to do work experience stuff. So I ended up interning for about 18 months. Um, now the only reason I was able to do that is because basically all of my family had died and I could afford to be a bum, uh, basically be a bum and do lovely things. Um, so I was, I was able to kind of pay my way through it without much problem. Um, which makes me part of a bigger problem because the industry itself right now is is full of middle class white men, um, which is um, it's it, it's becoming more and more problematic by the day because that means there isn't anyone that the, the only voices that are represented are middle aged middle class white men. Um, so yeah, I I got in yeah through a lot of work experience, a lot of um, a lot but simply because I, I had the support and I was I was able to, and then I uh, while I was still being basically a professional worker because there was no money, um, I set up a podcast called the Gas Station Podisode, which I don't think he, I don't think he's on anything anymore. But it was me, okay. um, a journalist friend of mine, and my flatmate Phil. Um, and I kind of, I had, so we had the, the journalist to answer the hard questions. We had Phil, the everyman, and there was me in the middle, basically to reap the glory, um, and have like leech off the, the profile of one and the idiocy of the other <laughs> and be the loud bombastic one. That was the plan. And, and it worked the, the, the whole thing. It was, it was an experiment in, in what was then new media. Um, and, uh, the idea was I needed to get a job out of it. That was it. I needed to, I needed it to get me people, get me places to meet people, to get a job. Yeah, and eventually it worked. Um, I ended good. up at uh, I did a load of like I had some paid some paid like freelancey bits come through because of it. I had um, I had different I had had a few like different opportunities come away. Some were some were good, some were bad, and then eventually I was I was driving with someone who I gotten to know quite well. This is also kind of dawn of Twitter stuff as well. So right, okay. like, two thousand seven two thousand eight was when Twitter became this kind of well it's before then i think even a little bit before then maybe afterwards yeah. can't quite remember it, it might it's it, whenever twitter became like when stephen fry made it famous and everyone was like oh we must get on twitter yes we must <laughs> um it was kind of dawn of that and the community there was so good so you know i'd met these people on the internet but i'd never actually met them but we'd had like interesting conversations throughout the days or i could send them work and ask for feedback Mm. Uh, and someone offered me some freelance work and so I messaged one of them and said look would you mind awfully I don't know how much you need to charge for this because I've never had to do it and he was like charge this much because that's what I do and if they're asking you to do it then the chances are they 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 respect you as much so yes you pay you get paid what I get paid mm. um you know we had these it was it was a it was a great there was there was a great kind of spirit back then and there were there were three of us that started off at the same time um there was Sam Burnett, who's now a uh, sub at Top Gear magazine. There's me, and there was a chap called John Slavin. Um, and all of us got our kind of start via via Twitter. Now, John was, out of the three of us, Sam, one of the cleverest, funniest guys you will ever meet. If you're ever in a room with him, you'll know it. He's terrifyingly <laughs> funny. I adore him. Um, 
John was he just grafted he the boy just worked and he never stopped working and he was the one was that there was there was always there was there was one mag his body shop magazine i'm not sure if it's still around because i never had anything to do with it right but they would have like a young gun do the cars for them and the press offices kind of knew that yeah we'll, we'll give them a car that's on fleet and they can do creative stuff with it and mm. they'll fill the tubes they'll get some experience and then they'll get fed into the into the street John for Body Shop magazine managed to get the car. I think it's a Fear Fear Panda One Hundred. He managed to get it into Thorpe Park on an off on the off season and do a photo shoot with it around the park. Um, he did all this mad creative stuff, but sadly, uh, like like a lot of creative spirits, um, he had some mental health stuff, and uh, unfortunately, it won, um, which was it's it's a huge loss for the industry, huge loss because he was incredible, a huge loss for me because he was just a really nice bloke. Mm. Um, it's, it's a great, great show. I, I do. I think about him often because he was kind of pruned just at the prunes, the wrong word edit that bit out. He, <laughs> we, we lost him at a time where he could have started making waves and making a difference. Um, but it was, it was all because of Twisted. the three of us just, we, we went out and we did a thing. John was the first to get a job. <clears throat> Sam got one. And then I sort of doggedly stuck to my guns and it's all worked out. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good time. But I, I just kept going and grafting. So the podcast got me a job, and then from there we started doing videos with the podcast. And I met a bloke on a press trip. It was a Volvo thing to try and drive from uh, Marlow to Meyerhofen on a single tank of diesel when okay. diesel was a socially acceptable fuel. Um, you were probably in the third form, um, and. Uh, he uh yeah so i i met this bloke and we were we, me and my mate phil were doing videos for the podcast and it was all fun and games um and yeah the, the, these two boys rocked up from this website called cena uh one of them called drew stern the other one called rory reed um <laughs> both both have gone on to do quite lovely things anyway we kind of we kept in touch and we bumped into one another on various launches and, and all that and then yeah about four months after i got my my first full-time job i got an email from this or got a facebook message from this bloke drew saying hi look i need to talk to you i've got a thing so he took me to the pub, got me riotously drunk and said, we're launching this channel called X Car. Um, it's going to be um, basically whatever you want to make. Um, we're going to do high quality, super shiny. Um, but your job is to make the kind of films that you want to watch. Mm. Because I have a I have a sneaking suspicion, having seen some of your stuff, that you can host and you can do it well. Um, what's next? Um, and we, we, we want we want to build this channel. I mean, in their defense, I was cheap and I knew enough people <laughs> to, to get it off the ground and not cost the earth. So if it was a horrible mistake, mm. we could, they could have just wrapped up and go, well, we didn't lose that much money. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, so I had, I, I, it, I, was, I had a little bit of deliberation because I'd waited so long for a job and then two of them turn up. One of them's for, was for an established um, uh, kind of agency and the other one was this american thing called cnet and i didn't quite know what it was but it looked way more fun than writing six news stories a day for autoblog so yeah took it ran with it and without it i wouldn't have a career like it was it was mega yeah definitely and that's what became car affection isn't it eventually yeah so i can't i'm not entirely i'm not whether i'm not sure whether i'm allowed to tell the whole story okay but um Basically, as CBS, the parent company, owned xcar.com.cn, which is basically Chinese what car. Okay. Um, 
and so they went right we'll have that and we'll turn that into a car brand and then something happened that meant we had two months to change the name um right. and, and that was it and so we had uh at the time we just lost our senior producer uh we were moving offices so everyone was working from home and uh roadshow by cnet which was um a sort of big rebrand of cnet's cars thing in the states was about to be launched so all the money had gone to roadshow <laughs> <laughs> all of it they were getting a massive staff they were getting you know uh, they were going to do far more work a day things so they were they were going to touch the supercar stuff but they were also going to do you know the the the, the f-150s and the mavericks and the and the chevy uh, yeah. the honda beats and all that nonsense um so all the all the eyes were on them for this big 2016 launch um and so yeah drew drew and i were kind of sat in a pub going am i allowed to swear on this yeah. Um, okay. We were going. What the fuck are we going to call this thing? <laughs> what, 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 what? What is it? So we we had three names, I think. Um, one of them was too expensive. One of them was just no, and the other one was Carfection. Um, and yeah, I will never, I will never forget the day we did that change because I was, I was in the office. Drew was away in LA, not LA, Vegas at CES because um, there's he was heading up basically all of the automotive video for yep. um, CNET, which meant he had to be out because CES is a car show as well now. Yeah, um, we had our new cameraman, our new producer, sorry, Charlie starting. Charlie Rose now at Top Gear, kicking ass, managing their video, really smart oh, kid, yeah. love him to bits. Um, and yeah, so Charlie was kind of wet behind the ears, and there's like right, so that office we interviewed you in. That doesn't exist anymore. You're coming here. Oh, by the way, you interviewed for X Car. Since yesterday, we've been called Carfection. We couldn't tell you, uh, but yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he got a bit of a shock, and then we had a placeholder logo because we didn't have time to think of anything. Uh, and Drew is too busy, and I have I have no idea how to draw things. The best I can do is a cartoon cow or a comedy penis on a on a on a, on a whiteboard. Um, and then like all of our followers went mental we had this we had like comments left on videos like it was gross it was a really horrible day because i don't know how to manage um production guys mm. at all because that's not my department like it really isn't they're like oh so what, what have we got here what have we got there I, 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 I just know the camera make pretty film i don't know how camera make pretty film um and then yeah we had we had this tsunami of hate coming in it was mm. really rough um, and the, the, in, in fairness, like a couple of people were like, don't worry, you're doing good work. One particularly noteworthy car hack who I, 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 I won't I won't drop the clang, but he was like, yeah, no, you guys are doing really good. Don't worry. Carfection's mm. shit name. Though. I'm like, thanks, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. But yeah, though, that car, Carfection, bless it, lasted until the last year. Yeah. Ticked over a million subs. So I was there from 2012 until 2012. 2017 so i was there for just over okay. five years yeah. so yeah, i joined in march 2012 uh, and i left it at the end of may or the beginning of june 2017 um and you know i had the best time there it's one of those things that you don't realize how good it is until you've until you've not got it um yeah because we had I, I was i was working with drew the other day um on something completely different and uh, we were talking. He was like, he was saying, because he was there the whole time. Like he was there from from birth to death. It was it was his show to run, and yeah. he had to wrap it all up. Um, and he was saying we spent easily one and a half to two million quid of someone else's money making films. 
and we no one told us what to do like there was a very occasional um sponsored thing uh but there was no one in the u.s saying you have to cover this you have to cover that like the mm -hmm. entire agenda is decided by the three of us in a room um same when when henry took over um after i left like mm. there was no one telling him what to do so if he wanted to go and go and drive a, I don't know, an upside down mini somewhere it would have been absolutely fine like <laughs> drew if something was too ridiculous drew might have called it but if it was fun and it would have made good content then he wouldn't because what's the point um you know we, we had some great ideas that were to it we were limited by budget so i say we spent loads of people's money but or oh, sorry, I, I say we spent loads of someone else's money but we we still had to play within rules so, you know, we, we couldn't blow like 20 grand on closing Silverstone for a day because that would be <laughs> a quarter of the year's freelance budget gone. So the one thing is, you know, we, I say we, we did one and a half to two million quid. That's over 10 years. And that's including salaries for three people and freelance budget and buying gear and, 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 and. Yep. So actually, it's, we, we did quite well. Uh, yeah. Like I think what, what Drew put it best, like no one's made a shoestring look quite so good. Because uh, <laughs> you know you get these shoots where things look absolutely epic, like the Castle yeah, Kingdoms we did, where we'd have a racetrack and it would look amazing. We'd have four cars. Yeah, we'd have four cars. We'd then be doing a film on each car individually, and on the other side of the circuit, there'd be another film going on. So the eight hundred quid that we'd spend on the track was divided between what uh, six films. Um, which all of a sudden everything becomes cheaper. We hire three camera guys, and that's then split six ways again. Um, it does mean the edit costs get greater, but that doesn't matter quite as much because we, we're making six films out of one day. So it kind of it, it splits quite, quite neatly. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was a really, really, really good time. And I, I left for um, for a job at a now defunct in the UK site called Motor One. I was promised the earth and uh, the earth wasn't quite there. Um, <laughs> and it was it was around that time, like 2016, I had some had some pretty rough like mental health shit going on and I wasn't entirely sure. I thought it was I needed a change of working environment and it turned out I just needed about six months off and a shrink uh, <laughs> and, and a rest because yeah. I wasn't taking care of myself. And uh, the, the, the job shift kind of exacerbated that because I wasn't comfortable there. Um, and I felt, I have to be very careful how I put this, but I felt that what I'd been promised wasn't being delivered. Um, and, you know, every week it felt like the goalposts were moving. We had some pretty unfair stuff thrown at us. We had some, it was, it, it just wasn't for me at all. Um, uh, again, it, I, I was basically promised. So <clears throat> let me rephrase that. Um, I, I thought I would have X car again, but with a team and mm. a platform that had a telly show attached to it because there was a, a TV network attached to the whole thing. And that okay. just never transpired, never transpired, which is a great shame. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I had, so I lasted about eight months there, I think. Yeah, it was July, July to February. Um, I had a, I had a proper, what, what our parents would call a nervous breakdown um in the november that year i could feel it coming like i was on i was on antidepressants i was on anti-anxiety meds mm. i was seeing a seeing a therapist once a week um but i could just feel something coming and i knew i was i was drinking myself to sleep every night and i was looking for ways to painlessly off myself until the night i found it and then i went right i need to leave this job because i've just found how to do something rather than leave a job like <laughs> this is insane um 
and then yeah so yeah left there went freelance um partly out of choice but the choice is stay alive or not so <laughs> yeah definitely um did that but it worked out it, it thankfully it worked and i've i've you know got some great clients had some great clients went back to confection did a load of fun stuff um met some interesting people started talking about mental health more often which has uh helped other people to also talk about it to uh think about it themselves um it's led to some great discussions and it's led to um it's led to other people going out and talking about it and being positive about it and not feeling awkward that they're going i'm having a pretty rough time at the minute i think i'm a bit depressed or i think i've got anxiety or i think i've got this because um from from you know when you're so and this is i I don't mean to sound condescending because i used to hate it when people say stuff like that to me but when i was your (laughs) age no one talks about mental health no no one it was this sort of forbidden conversation i remember um at at uni we were we lived with a guy um whose name i i forget conveniently um (laughs) but he was he was a bit odd and a bit alternative um and he was he was really lovely but then you'd hear this sort of um hear whispers like oh he's on antidepressants do you hear he's on antidepressants oh my god can you believe it he's on like it was some sort of fucking like cross on his forehead like someone had written wanker um on his scalp like it was ridiculous yeah um whereas now it's far more widely far more widely spoken about and people seem to uh people seem to acknowledge that you need a mental health day more there are don't get me wrong there are some people especially on on twitter that will still go how dare you, you're weak. I mean, I did a thing for the BBC News uh, over lockdown because um, okay. I was on my own in this room, the one you're looking at. Um, I'm not sure if this, I'm not sure if you're broadcasting the video as well, but either way, I'm glad I put a top on. Um, <laughs> I was I was in this room and chatting with uh, the journalist about it. And it was all about bubbles and, and things like that. So they wanted someone who was on their own and needed a bubble. They wanted someone who had childcare and someone who had uh, elderly care. Um, and uh, I, I basically went, you know what, if if bubbles hadn't happened, there there is a chance that I wouldn't be here having this conversation. And I got hate mail on my Instagram, guy oh. calling me like unspeakably rude words because I dared say, this made me dangerously sad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, from, yeah, it's, from experience, it's, 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 it is something that can be considered to kind of taboo a little yeah. bit, but. Yeah, um, I mean, the, I, th- I think yeah. the the taboo is dropping. That's good. Um, it's it's not dropping perhaps as as quickly as we'd like because there are still ourselves on the internet. Sorry, I, I live on a I live on a main road, so if you hear crime happening, that's central London. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's a taboo that's dropping, and it's largely because people are talking about it. So if you if you're on Twitter, people like Chris Pollitt or Tacona. Oh, yeah. Um, Lewis Warren at Tacona has just been nominated for a rising star in the classic car or historic motoring awards, which is incredible. And, you know, Tacona is a brand based entirely around mental health. Mm. You buy a T-shirt, you wear it. It means you can, someone can spot you and go, oh, Tacona, we're one of the same club. How are you doing? And actually mean it. Um, and, you know, proceeds go to charity and it's it's becoming a thing and it's fantastic. Um, anyway, sorry, we're talking about creator, and I wanged off into mental health territory, but sort of a default <laughs> at the minute. No, it's, it's an important thing to talk about, definitely. <laughs> I agree. No, it's 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 good, um, and I think that that leads nicely into what you do at Cap and Machine a little bit. Well, so I um, now no longer do it. Um, okay. 
So in uh, so uh, well from I think June twenty twenty one until April this year, I was very honoured to initially co-host and then solo host uh, a night called I Love You Man, uh, yeah. which was started by Phil and Dan, the founders of Cafe Mac, uh, in in lockdown in twenty twenty. And they they basically they, they they were aware that there was kind of a sort of mental health issue out there, and they also you know they they, they wanted to get like minded people socially distanced but together, um, and they they started interviewing people. So the first one was the summer yeah summer of twenty twenty, um, guy called Alex Dainty um, who's called Legless Garage on on Instagram, and basically he had uh, he was walking home from the pub one night and a drunk driver hit him and he lost both his legs uh, I think above the knee not sure Jeez. sorry some crime thank you crime much appreciated <laughs> um and they talked to him about what happened and how you square that away because it's yeah. hugely life-changing and then I was the second guest and I talked about talked about the kind of the, the the thing I was I was telling you about and then after that they had Andy Palmer who'd very recently been let go from Aston Martin uh, yeah. They had Quentin Wilson, they had Darren Turner, and then it was Christmas and they had to stop it. Um, and then it came back the following year and they said, look, we, you, you do asking questions for a job. Would you mind um, coming on board and asking questions with us? So there were three of us asking questions. So we did. We had Julian Thompson, who was former design director of Jaguar and is now at GM. We had George North off of playing rugby for Wales. Um, and we had Kaisal Salim. We had uh, the Kaiser, um, which was mega. And Julian... Um, they said to me, they went, oh, so, uh, so, so look, we've we got something to ask you. I was like, okay, cool. So the three of us would sort of, we'd sort of prepare half each sort of, so there'd be a little bit of overlap, but not much. Mm. Um, and then we'd sort of be prepared in a slightly shambolic fashion. Um, and yeah, they, they came out and said, yeah, could you just do this one on your own? Cause we've got somewhere else to be. So see ya. Uh -huh. Um, and then from there it was mine. Uh, and you know we, we talked to some really fascinating people we talked to some really interesting people mm. um you know we had we had richard porter and johnny smith each with their own stories you know johnny johnny was talking about setting up business richard about top gear we had david gandhi talking about you know body image and fashion and being the bullied kid at school uh we had mike brewer talking about online bullying we had uh, mm. vanessa ruck discussing you know losing you know uh, breaking half of your body uh, and then picking up and, and becoming this motorcycling YouTuber and dealing with pain, both physical and emotional as a result of that. Um, we had, uh, we had Joe Achilles talking about speeding fines. Well, one specific speeding fine. Uh, we, we had, we had so many interesting people all connected with, with automotive, every mm. single one of them. Um, and each one with a different story to tell. Um, and it's, it was, it was so lovely. It was such a privilege to do it. Um, sadly, budgets budgets didn't allow. But uh, by the looks of things, they're rebranding it because they've they've had a bit of a gap. I think they did two after me. Um, and then they, by the looks of it, they they've rebranded it and they're they're going a different direction with it. And okay. I honestly, I I wish them, I I wish Caffeine and Machine the very best. Um, if they asked me back, I'd be there like a shot because it was it was honestly it was one of my favourite things to do. You know, it's all all that you can wang around in classic cars and sports cars and whatever to to you green in the face, but. I know that that night made a difference and I know that mm. that night um, helped people. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I was, I was genuinely gutted and I've, I've said, I've said as much publicly um, that, 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 that it's no longer my thing, but whatever they do with it, I hope it kicks ass. And I do have something in the pipeline along those lines, but 
that's uh, I, I need to have some meetings um, and I had yeah. to have this morning off because I felt like death. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's on the list. It's on the list. Don't worry. Um, the, the, th- the thing with I Love You, Man, the only thing that really kind of stymied it was that we never recorded it um, yeah. because we wanted the guests to feel like they could say whatever they wanted. Um, and we wanted them not to worry about any legal um kind of come back from mm. it because it would be quite easy for someone to sit there and say something you know slip of the tongue whatever or you know say something quite deliberate i believe that x and y happened mm. um and then for someone to record it stick it on the internet and all of a sudden there's a defamation case on their on their doorstep so anytime anyone tried to record anything we were just like nah on the head out you go yeah um stop stop that silly person um <laughs> but that was the only thing that, that stopped it because you know you get people from all over the world going like how can i hear this how can i watch this like i'm really sorry you can't so yeah that's a bit of a bum yeah i attended the one i only attended the one actually but it was with johnny smith and i found that really interesting uh, it was really really good so. johnny's J- johnny's is fascinating one because he's such a funny bloke he's one of the funniest people you meet like there, there is not a dull bone in his body <laughs> um but also because i it's it's one of those one of those things which it started happening to me uh, of late not as much as it does to him you know i watched johnny when i was at school so i was you know he'd be on fifth gear and i'd be getting home from school watching you know the pointy haired man do skids in cars or generally <laughs> knob around and now you know to to text him one day and go hey i'm doing a mental health night do you want to do it it's it's quite weird to see that that journey mm. but then him going kind of assuming tv and being like right i'm going to set up late break show i'm going yep. to do this my way because why wouldn't i um and then to smash that but he was you know you were there we're not going to talk about it talk about the content of it obviously but you were there what's happened since what's happened as a result of that is both good and bad and how he dealt with it is is uh is is incredible also the fact that we all learned that he has books of uh, synonyms for cock is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's funny. <laughs> um, just before we wrap up, um, have you got any? It's been really good to really good to talk to you. Just this one, uh, one thing. Um, but have you got any advice for any budding motoring journalists out there? Because it's obviously, as I mentioned at the start of the show, it's it's it's. I, I just got it as like a black box a little bit, but. Um, what, what, what do you mean by black box? Is that I mean, why I pulled a funny face earlier. Yeah. I've never heard that expression used in anything other than I just mean like crash. it's a bit of a... I just mean sort of the ongoings of the industry is a little bit unknown, possibly. And for right, people, yeah. people looking to get into it, you're like, oh, where do I start? Every person I've had on this show, regardless of what stuff they make, be it IT stuff, be it journalist stuff, um, I always ask them, have you got any advice for how you got into it? Because it's it's there's always someone out there that's going to look at what you do and think... I want to yeah, do that. So. I mean, at, at the minute, po- post-pandemic, everything's a little bit weird because it used to be, like, the, the route I took was, you know, be on Twitter, be, be gregarious, do a podcast, but also do a ton of work experience. But now work experience is quite difficult to come by because, mm. you know, post-pandemic, offices are smaller, teams are more spread out. Um, my the, the bit of advice I was given most of all by the most people is read everything and write lots. And by read everything, it's not read, you know, uh, what car and Top Gear. It's read The Guardian and The Mail and what car and Top Gear. Read, you know, outlets you don't like. Read about stuff you're not that interested in uh, because that will inform your writing. And that depends if you want to be a writer. Um, 
you know if and you also also write everything anyway because that'll make that'll help you become more succinct so i do a lot of uh well not a lot of but i'm always if someone says look can you read over my work and can you give me some advice i will always say yes because you know it's something you know a few people did for me back in the day um and you know the the one the one thing is you know save what, what why have you used four words to say say something that one and which one would do like this is silly you're, you're wasting you're wasting your word count you're wasting space where you could be saying other things and it's only by reading and writing and constantly doing both of those things that you'll get better at it um if you want to if you want to enter the the journalism side of things because there there are now kind of two quite distinct camps um and they, they, they've been distinct for a while but they've not um uh they've not uh there's less animosity now i think the the lines have been drawn mm. um so if you want to get to the the journalism side of things there are plenty of outlets to go for uh the only problem is um th there are some funding issues in that you know you're you're there for the love of the job and you're there for the honor of working for for some places and so you know i've i've spoken to i've been talking to people all over the industry because it's something i care quite a lot about that people mm. get fairly um and you know the the money when you start is rubbish because you're you know bottom rung of a niche magazine in a niche industry um you know everything's very niche and everything's very badly paid mm -hmm. um but there are rewards that come with that you know you do get to do some cool stuff that you wouldn't be otherwise be able to do you do get to you know play with some cool toys and meet some fascinating people and go to some amazing places um but uh yeah you have to kind of stick with some rubbishy stuff for 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 a while mm. um if you want to go into the the creation side of things uh with that i mean a lot of outlets i i haven't i have i've between you know to, to be brutally honest i've never worked full-time for a magazine ever um getting my work in print is rare it's glorious i love to see it but um i very rarely happens to me i'm kind of I joined at the beginning of the kind of online sweep. I remember doing work experience for not work. I had a Friday job for Auto Express, where Friday was publication day, and I'd take all of the copy out of the InDesign document that would go to the printers, put it on the website, and schedule it for like three a.m. on the Wednesday, mm. when uh, so it would go live the same time as the magazine. Which, when you think about it now, I mean that was what two thousand and nine. So when you think about doing that now, that's insane. Like, yeah, okay, we're, we're going to hold this news because this news isn't important. No one at that point was thinking like, well, hang on, what if we go first? Um, but yeah, at, at mainstream outlets, there are there's a lot of opportunity to do a lot of stuff, um, especially if you're keen, especially if you're good. Um, to get good, you have to do a lot of work. Um, you know, the, the, I think Haymarket does offer an apprenticeship, apprenticeship scheme, but it's hugely competitive. So you will need to, you know, the, skill number one, be able to string a sentence together um, and be able to do it. You don't, you don't have to be Shakespeare. You don't have to be Clarkson. You don't mm. have to be Steve Cropley. In fact, if you're not them, more's the better because they already exist. Um, but you, you know, you do have to be able to kind of, get there and see the point. And if someone says this is wrong, don't go, no, it isn't. You go, okay, why? What can I learn from this? Um, but yeah, you do have to be able to string a sentence together. Increasingly being able to take photos is um, is a skill to have. 
but it's not necessarily something you'd need. So say you're on you're on Autocar, you're on Auto Express. You, they've got incredible photographers, and their job is to do that. Um, so that's not the end of the world. Um, video is becoming increasingly important. Um, again, it's not an essential skill, but if you are terrified of being in front of a camera, just go in being aware that you might have to at some point. Um, and then, you know, script writing again, that's kind of how I cut my teeth because I, well, I was doing a little bit of writing before I started X car. And then I spent five years just writing scripts, <laughs> um, for admittedly for myself, occasionally for other people. Um, and now it, now it's part of my job. I can, I've, I've written for, for TV shows and YouTube and all that stuff. Um, but it's, it's largely off the back of just constantly doing it, but it was Monday to Friday for five years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, for, with with the journal side, so I, I know I'm waffling incredibly, but um, yeah, with with the journal side of things, write all the things, read all the things. Um, I did work experience, so call your favorite magazine, whether it's you know if if it's I, that some will say we don't do work experience, and that's not a slight on you at all. Um, it's just they 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 don't. Everything had to be suspended over over the pandemic. I don't know which ones do and which ones don't. I did uh, Autocar for a spell. I did Piston Heads when it was the same publishing house. I did there. I was there for three months. I was there de facto news writer, which was a hell of a baptism of fire. Um, yeah, well, because Piston Heads comments is basically a toilet, um, and. Um, yeah, I did a bit of Wattcar and then Auto Express, and then I kind of bounced around to a few other places, an agency, Motoring Research, an agency I did. Um, I ended up at MSN for nine months as a, a paid because I was useful to them, but that was only after having been to all these places and they found some budget and we made it happen. Um, so, yeah, I'd like go to places, do the work experience, get your face in front of people because the one thing that will never ever happen and i i hate to hate to break it to you but if you're lying on your bed going i could be really good at writing i'm i'm a really good motoring journalist i've just not written anything for anyone i've not put my face in front of anyone uh in charge of purse strings and uh and really outside of my circle of friends no one knows that i want to do this that is not how you're going to get a job <laughs> um, god's honest god's honest i was on a, i had a placement year between my second and third year of university, I worked for a children's newspaper and I was terrible at it and I got fired. Um, and I decided I wanted to work in automotive journalism and I had like, the rest of a year to, to bum around, right? And um, I remember I remember having just that thought. I was lying on my bed and like, why isn't anyone employing me? Why don't they know I exist? And I was like, because no one knows you exist, you moron. Like, this is very much a you problem. They will They will go on without you you have to make sure you're indispensable. So it's th it's that realization that, you know, unless your face is there, mm. you're not going to get anything out of it. Um, there is another side to the coin, though. There is the creator side of it. There is the influencer side of things. You know, um, the one thing to remember on that is, you know, for every one Shmi, there's 10,000 people who want to be him. Um, and there, you know, there's less of a safety net there. Um, if you say or do something stupid, that's you done. Um, that's you cancelled. And the, the the thing that a lot of people don't me, don't recognise about the influencer, the content creator side is they work so hard, like so unbelievably hard. Because yeah. not only have they got to be good at the scripting, they've got to be really good hosts. They've then got to edit their own stuff so they don't look like morons. I mean, I've never done that. I've always had an editor who knows how to shoot light, produce edit 
do all that stuff, right? They've got to edit it. They've then got to manage it over all their networks. And for the first, what, 18 months to a year, they do that for free because no one cares about them because they're just another look at me, I'm next to a car. And like it's you know you get you get some genuinely brilliant people who will just get passed over because the algorithm doesn't go their way and they're all chasing the same thing. Um, and it's it's a really 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 tough job. And I I hugely admire anyone who sticks with it. And there are some really good good guys coming up. I think the 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 journal creator influencer divide is slowly coming together now. Um, at, at the start, it 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 really wasn't wasn't that pretty um i think i think mostly out of jealousy from the journo side you know you get people who've worked all their life to get on a ferrari launch and some bloke turns up in his own ferrari to the <laughs> ferrari launch and you think oh, okay um you know there's lots of debate to be had i think it's another conversation from the day but if you want to do the content creator route, and i wouldn't be surprised if i know I'm, I'm not surprised when people do because they um they see how impenetrable it is to get into into, into journalism and they see how you know the same voices, and I, I, you know, said this before as well. We've had the same leading voices in this industry since I was an intern. Mm. Makes sense. Bar a couple who have who have come up and are now kind of top tier, but in the in the traditional mags, those voices haven't really changed at all. Mm. So when you look at that and you go, right, what do I do? Do I try and work to go up to a ceiling where I can then no longer pass because this person isn't isn't ever going to leave or do i go out and be my own voice um but it's it's an enormous enormous quantity of works so i've looked at it, i've spoken to spoken to people who do it you know it's an investment everything's on you absolutely everything is on you there is no safety net if you get an opinion wrong and someone decides to roast you for it that's that's on you there's no senior editor to lean over and go ah, don't worry it happens um but the reward is huge because then you can do brand deals, you can do uh, content deals, you can host commercial things with ease, and with that comes a lot of money um, and comes a lot of, of notoriety. Um, you know, I'm I'm in a strange position where I think an old colleague of mine was like, I'm sort of halfway between the two. You know, mm. I'll, I'll do two thousand words for you know a, a glossy magazine. But then someone says, oh, would you mind hosting some corporate stuff for us? I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, I'll do that. Great. <laughs> oh, yeah, people are paying attention to your Instagram. Do more like that. Oh, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm, 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 in a, I'm in a weird, weird spot. I think not, in, not entirely by design at all, just by complete accident. But I could never do what the, what the creators do because they, they just hustle. They work so hard. And I don't. I, I don't know what because I've, I've only ever met them when they get to a certain point um and then after that they kind of stick around and they're really lovely guys like there's um motor social uk natisha she's she's hilarious and she's brilliant yeah. uh there's navid for speed i i love him purely because of his name like what a pun well done uh <laughs> <laughs> there's gadgets boy and there's gadgets john and there's there's all those all those guys and they're just hustling man they're just making it work for them mm. um but yeah, it's it, they're they're two very different worlds. They're two very different disciplines because one of them is entirely for you. One of them is for the good of an institution. Um, I would say, no matter what you want to do or where you want to end up, keep reading, keep writing, uh, but talk to people in the industry that you want to get into. So if you want to be a creator, reach out to these guys. Uh, if you want to be a journalist, reach out to them. I mean, 
God knows what use I would be, but my, my DMs and all the things are open anyway. Um, you know, if anyone has questions, if someone isn't willing to answer them, then they're probably not going to be someone you want to work with. Um, yeah. I, I spoke to someone pre uh, when I was still at CBS because um, we get people emailing in going, oh, how can I do this? How can I do that? And I'd always reply and say, well, you do this and you do that. And uh, I had the, this one chat go, I emailed every single editor and you're the only one that, that got back to me. I'm like, what do you stand to lose from that apart from face? Like, if you if there's there's no point in treating people like that. So yeah, um, reach out reach out to the people you want to talk to. Always do that, um, because the worst thing that happens is they'll say they'll ignore you. Um, mm. But the best thing that happens is you get kind of exactly what you want. You get the advice you want. Um, you know, you might not necessarily get an internship. You might necessarily get a job, but you can be pointed in the right direction. The only thing I wouldn't do is email someone who is obviously very busy and say hi. I've written a four and a half thousand word essay on the intricacies of the Morris Marina door handle. Would you mind giving it a quick proofread? The answer will be no. <laughs> <laughs> but asking for advice is fine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Alex, for joining me on the Creator Spotlight podcast. It's been really good to talk to you about how you got started and what you do, and, and, and as well as some advice for people that are looking to get into the industry. It's really important to talk about. Um, if people want to find out more about what you make and do, where can they find you online? Uh, I am at a one goy on everything, everything. Um, <laughs> on everything. Every, I think there's uh, there's there one a one goy is always me. Um, yep. And if it's not, then congratulations, you industrious thief. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you'd want to. I don't know why anyone wants to pretend to be me. Oh yeah, I'm a shiny headed man who lives in London. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, fair, fair play to you. But no, yeah, uh, DMs are open on everything. If anyone has any questions and wants to ask anything, more than happy to answer them. And one of my jobs this afternoon is to read through, because someone was asking about how to start out, and I've not read his writing. So I said, look, send me some articles over. So that's one of my jobs for this afternoon, as well as pitching for some work so I can continue to eat, because that is one of the realities of freelance. If you don't pitch for anything, you tend to be a bit shagged. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Alex's links will be in the description down below in the show notes and that sort of thing. So uh, you can find more information about the interface at theinterface.uk. It's car news, tech news, all that sort of good stuff. Thanks for listening and watching this podcast, uh, and we'll see you again next time. Bye.